Ganwad. This is Joy. And this is Claire. This is episode 271. This episode is sponsored by Four Athletics. We talked about the program last week, the new program they have for gym owners. Claire, why don't you describe what's going on with them? Yeah. So if you are a gym owner or a manager, or if you know one of those people, which is probably most of you, then this is for you. If you're listening to this and you don't know a gym owner, I wonder where you are. I agree. Let us know. Yeah. Um, so last week we announced a new affiliate platform for co-branding on leggings. And so many of you went and inquired about getting some leggings with your name or logo on them for your gym that it actually crashed their site, which is pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you have not yet gone to forathletics.com to get some more info, click on the co-branding link at the top of the page. And basically for athletics has created this really awesome new program where you can, um, use them to do all the ordering and designing and fulfillment on custom leggings for your gym with either your logo or your gym name on the side. We did this last week. We did like a flash sale, literally everything we from design to sale completion within about 36 hours. It from could not start have been easier. To finish. And then once the sale is over, once you, you know, if your gym, you said you want to take orders for a week or whatever, once that is over, it only takes seven to 10 days for them to get your leggings ready and ship them, which, um, as you guys know, if you've ordered stuff from four athletics before is way, way, way faster than their typical, uh, crowdfunding turnaround time, but you still get all of the perks of having their crowdfunded prices. Really? It's just awesome. We have had so many times in the past we are still uh, before this this new process. We we're like, gosh, we just wish that we could come up with an easy Something way to that's easier. Yes, apparel sucks. Like it doing really your own does. apparel sucks. <clears throat> if you have ever had to do like a shirt order or anything, you know that it's just a pain in the butt. So Four Athletics is taking all of the work on for you, and all you have to do is the fun part, which is design and then collect cash. Yes. Collect the cash. <laughs> Actually, no, you don't even have to do that because the people go right on the 4Athletics oh, website and pay. Never mind. And you get the quality of the 4Athletics gear, which is yeah. awesome. And we love their stuff and we love working with good people. So you can support the podcast, support 4Athletics, 4Athletics.com. This week on the show, we have Justin LaFranco from The Morning Chalk Up. We have been working with Justin or at least kind of talking to him for the past couple of years now, ever since he started the morning chalk up, we see him at the games every year. We just have a good online relationship with him. Like we're always talking and chatting and sharing information. So it was really cool when he came to camp timeout and we are very surprised of why he came to camp timeout. So you'll hear, hear us talk about that. We're like, why are you hanging out with us? <laughs> like the He's, opposite of why are you so obsessed? Right. Like, really? Exactly. Why are you Wait, here? why are you here? But we had such a nice chat with him. He's such a smart guy. And Please note that this episode was recorded the day before we found out, or actually it might even been the day of, that we, like later in the day, before we knew that we were going to travel to see Greg Glassman. So please know that the first a half lot of, of these the, questions, a lot of these questions, we were like, hey, Justin, how did you get to interview Greg? And hey, what was it like what? talking to him? Like that whole process of when he kind of broke the story about the change of the CrossFit Games qualifying or qualifiers. And so... <clears throat> Just know that this the first half of the conversation is kind of like 
uh, wait a minute, you guys just interviewed Greg Glassman, but we wanted to <laughs> release the Greg Glassman episode first. So, But just- then we also talk a lot of, about how Justin started the morning chalk up um, and just really some interesting stuff about his background and his yeah. philosophies on life. And he's a super interesting he's guy. He's a so- really smart guy. And he's a, just, we had a lot of fun talking to him, we especially being at Camp Time Out. was a and blast. We just- had a lot of fun like doing the three-legged race with him like what's oh not to yeah we yeah, right. we had a good time so you guys by the way we have a lot of really fun upcoming interviews uh on the show so just stay tuned for that and thank you so much for everyone who tuned in to the greg glassman episode and if you shared the episode um it really helps our podcast uh grow and the community grow so thank you again and especially if you're a new listener we welcome you and uh good luck getting through the next uh, 270 episodes <laughs> And if you are not signed up for Morning Chalk Up, go sign up now because it really is so much fun to read. Yep. All right. We hope you guys love this episode. Here we go. A log of things, but yeah. they have their own Instagram account. Stuff's yeah. cool. So. Um, so let's just dive in. Yeah. Okay. Um, since we're already having this lovely conversation, <laughs> uh, my biggest question right mo- right this moment is, why did you decide to come to Camp Time Out with us? <laughs> Yeah, of all the things you could be doing on Labor Day weekend, I feel like really lucky that I Justin agree. decided to come I hang. Justin from the Morning Chalk Up, everyone, welcome. Thank you, thank you for having me in this beautiful, serene. Yeah, describe the picture that you're seeing right now There's of this lovely creek, uh, running through. We're sitting at a, um, a picnic table, surrounded by picnic tables and pine trees, fir cabins, and woods. Log cabins for days. Log cabins for days. Mountains and. Uh, Oh, well, we're up at like 7,000 feet, so we're, um, you know, good high elevation here. Yeah, and, uh, nice piney scrub. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so, how this actually came about was, <laughs> <laughs> like a year ago, I wrote a story about Camp Time Out, which was known as Camp Wild Child back then. Uh-huh. Kristen, who uh, started Camp Wild Child, uh, emailed it to us, to Morning Chalk Up, and just was promoting it and just sharing it with us and ask if I think if we would put it on our calendar which we keep a big calendar of events and things that you can I read I read your stuff yes oh, I love the calendar the calendar it's great like, the, there's a box in Topeka that's having like a battle of the boxes next weekend yes if yeah. you happen to find yourself in Topeka you should go right exactly you know <laughs> donate support do the workout get your t-shirt <laughs> um or be involved so uh we got talking I thought the concept of wellness from a mental physical standpoint was awesome and i thought well this is something that crossfitters definitely would be interested in so we run i wrote a story and i think she got a couple of leads from it and a couple of people signed up she's like thank you and we wrote another one about or another we included another mention of it in um when she did her Virginia camp. And so she's like, well, if you ever want to come to a camp, let me know. And I was like, I'm not going out to Virginia anytime soon. But then she mentioned there's one in Colorado. I said, well, sign Where me Where do up. you live again? Uh, Anaheim, California. Okay. So SoCal. Um, and I was like, Colorado, I, I would do that. That's a pretty reasonably short flight and yeah. stuff. I didn't even know it was Labor Day weekend. This was like eight months ago when she sent an invitation. I'm like, I'm in. Sorry. I'm like, I signed <laughs> to up. all of Justin's friends who wanted him to go like I camping know. with him or, <laughs> or something else. Uh, I basically uh, signed up on Eventbrite, you know, and got my ticket. And uh, then I was like, well, it's after the games. It's all I know because yeah. the games was, you know, in the beginning of August. And this was, you know, we're, we're now Labor Day weekend. So I just basically signed up and then bought my ticket like two weeks ago. 
and now I'm here. I, we just feel really honored yeah. that we're like, why is Justin coming to hang out with us? But I mean, we are really cool people. You are really cool. No, I thought, I, that's exactly what it was. But I'm very glad that you came. We're so glad that you're here that, and in. sitting in this beautiful scenery. I think yeah. the number one thing on everyone's minds is the blown up article that you just wrote about the change of the CrossFit Games. And I'm sure, like, what was your life like that after that came out? Um, yeah, it was a busy day. So <laughs> uh, Thursday, I was literally about to, this was Thursday, one week and one, two days ago. Um, I was about to go run an errand uh, for my condo, pick something up. And is this a new condo? Yes, it's a new condo. Oh, okay. I, 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 did you need a shower curtain? Like, I know. Don't I, you need like all the shit? You need when you, and you forget all the things you need when you move. And you're like, God, I didn't realize that I have to own six trash cans. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I've been living in my parents' pool house for the last two years, <laughs> riding the morning chalk. That up. sounds amazing though. <laughs> like it like reminds me of um, yes. Knocked Up where she lives in like that guest house. Was it like, it's guest house. Like, yeah. It was, it, but it, it, it was nice. There's no air conditioning and it wasn't mm -hmm. Corona. So in the summertime it would get a bit blistering. Oh, one of our favorite people lives in Corona. Yeah. Anyway. Hi, David. Hi, David. Hi, David. <laughs> Sorry we didn't meet. <laughs> Maybe he knows your parents. He, he's very well connected in Corona. Okay. Anyway. This is perfect. Okay, We're sorry. Norco, technically, Got which it. is oh. the horse community area okay. of the Corona Norco. 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 Not to be confused with NoCo here. Or NorCal. Mm. Which is northern Colorado. Uh, anyway. Or northern. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. So you were on your way to the... To, the to get a shower curtain. Like, like, I was literally eating, finishing a salad... And and I okay, guess what kind of salad? No, chicken, you know, <laughs> kale, the good stuff, right? So um, I get this text message um, from one of his aides, and it's like, "Hey, can you talk to Greg?" And I'm like, oh, "Yeah, okay." I'm like, "I'm you like know, the Greg Glassman, everyone." Like, and that was you didn't need to be spelled out. Like, I kind of I figured yeah. at that point. Yes, yeah. so great. You were for, like GG for, for sure. Yeah, GG. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's his nickname. Um, <laughs> And so I get on the phone <laughs> with, with him and the CEO and, you know, he starts outlining these changes and starts talking about Did he just like dive right in? He just, much. right. Right. Like that's that. He, you just, you don't start a conversation with him. He just goes. He goes like, well, because, and you have to understand this and appreciate about Greg. If you've ever met him, you realize that the guy's mind is actually working All constantly. The time. Yes. All yeah. the time. So he's really had the first 15 minutes of our conversation like an hour ago. Correct. Yeah. And and then people, I worked for a guy that was just like that. So you have to be fast and you have yeah. to keep up. And uh, so I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, we're here right now. We're okay. And so he starts outlining these changes and stuff. And I'm just like, whoa, like this is crazy like and cool. And and it's, I'm trying to process this all. So I sit down. I do my errand. You know, I'm trying to get a, de a table for my condo so that, you know, food can be eaten. You can eat. Yeah. So you yeah, can sit so there with I, your computer. I, I can stop eating, like, on the one chair that I own. Fair. And a bowl. And just, right. you know. So, like a normal human <laughs> being. And then have guests, maybe, sometime <laughs> in the future. And so... But mostly sitting with your laptop. I just do want to pause really quick because when we came for the happy hour at the games, I just remember walking in. So it was a morning chalk up specific, you know, friends and family of morning chalk up happy hour. And walk in and you're just sitting in the back of the room, like typing your heart out. Like and, yeah. And it was like one of those things where I'm like, oh, this is like, it's the games. Like he can't take a break. And he's just like, blah, 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 tap, 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 tap. And I'm like have a beer for crying out loud a, i'll be there in a minute yeah. you know that's that, that's life well and that was the evening that there was like a rumor going around that maybe like transgender 
Well, yeah, the change under thing came out, but also there was a rumor going around that Matt Fraser had dropped out. Yes. Oh, and I and I remember like briefly mentioning that to you, and I was like, "Did you hear Matt Fraser might have dropped out?" And you were like, and you "What?" Gave, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, "Everybody get on their phones." Somebody <laughs> find this. Yeah. You're like, yeah. shutting down that. I was like, "You can't joke about that yeah. stuff around Justin. Like, he's he, gonna, he is the news." It's <laughs> like, yeah, 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 and that's that's you know we don't have a 24-hour news cycle like they do in traditional news media, but um, you know we have a aggressive one, and, and yeah. there's only a few players and, and talking it's about pretty this, much so. just you <laughs> no there's a few others there's like a couple other he's got a good team yeah yeah um so back to the story so yeah we're really we publish it out. sorry we published it <laughs> wait wait, wait. so so talking to greg were you just kind of like like what was his demeanor was he like real excited he's, about this oh, he's pumped up man the guy he's totally totally excited about this you know and there wasn't he exuded confidence in his vision and his plan and he knew what he was doing and he was totally into it. And when we wrote the story, I included some bits about 2010 and its change from sectionals and some internal discussions about not wanting to, to remove sectionals and Greg ultimately Greg's decision, um, an argument to remove them and move to the open, which actually, as we noted, exploded the opens part, uh, the participation in the CrossFit Games by 470%. The next year, literally the next year. And so, um, you know, he's walking through this process and this thought process and he's just pumped. He's jazzed. He's like, you know, we're, we're at 15,000 gyms worldwide today. And we've done that faster than any other restaurant chain in history would ever has ever done. You know, I think I think I wrote in the article they they would be the sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh, something yeah, like that, right. largest restaurant chain in the world if they were a restaurant, and they did it faster than any of them. I mean, Taco Bell has been around for like thirty years. Yeah, at least. And you know, they've fast tracked. Yo, Kero, Taco Bell. <laughs> I love Taco Bell <laughs> sometimes. Uh, and so he's he's jazzed. He's totally pumped, and you know, I'm kind of also sitting there both excited with him hearing this for the first time but also like i don't even know what to think yet like right. what about this and so i'm trying to formulate questions so you're that trying are trying to like process on the fly i'm trying to process and formulate thoughtful and articulate questions that um that i know that people will have and i didn't do the best job because i was so well so underprepared for what was going to be announced. Well, and I can imagine that that conversation kind of felt like drinking from a fire hose. Because yeah. he, like, already has this whole universe in his mind and he's trying to, like, tell it to you and it's the first time you're hearing yes. it and you're like... It was an hour-long conversation. And you just didn't have time. Yeah. Like, no, formulate. we touched on so many things, even though it was yeah. all games-related. I mean, the game's format is shifted and naturally I have a million questions still about so many of them. But I know that Greg isn't focused on all the minutia of those things. And that's what Justin and Dave are there for. And their job and their role in implementing this strategy and this vision is going to come out and play out in the rule book. And, and that's how it's been f- literally for the last several years right. is that those, those changes get outlined in specifics. You know, transgender policy will get outlined in the 2019 rule book when it's released right. later this year. Um, I don't know when it's going to release, but usually it's around December. Yeah. So yeah. December, January. But yeah. I imagine this year they'll, they'll they'll be working hard to get it a little bit earlier. So the criticisms that were coming at you were? Oh, uh, we got a <laughs> lot of them. Uh, oddly enough, people people thought it, kind of some people took it as like fake news. Like they're reporting on rumors. Like this isn't true. And you're like, this is like, literally from the mouth of Greg Glass. This is from the mouth of the founder of CrossFit, and it was interesting. It's interesting because of how um, much of a uh, sort of 
um, behind-the-scenes role he plays that mm-hmm. because he's not the mouthpiece of the CrossFit Games. You know, Dave is the mouthpiece of the CrossFit Games. And had it come from Dave, everyone would have believed it. Right, yeah. right. But because it came from Greg, they're like, oh, these are still rumors. I can't tell you how many either, uh, not just podcasts, but anybody talking about it on video or on Instagram stories or on their posts were like, these are just rumors, guys. And I'm like... like it's not a rumor. I'm like, you know what? I don't know. To the best of my knowledge, this is 100% I mean, accurate. he could come out and change his mind tomorrow. He could come tomorrow. out and change his mind tomorrow. And but as of two days ago, what of, you heard or whatever. What, exactly. Yeah. And, and and even one of the... Russ Green, uh, who's one of his longtime aides, tweeted the story. You know, he's um, yeah. he's his head of government affairs and lives in Washington, D.C. And is he's one of the Russells that's yeah. been working so hard on NSCA and ACSM for the last, you know, five, six, seven years. Um, he tweeted the story, and people were asking him questions, and he was confirming them. Right. And I sent that to a few folks who had put things out, just being like, "I don't think these are rumors, guys. Like, they may not have made an announcement." And it was a bit. It was a big departure from tradition because usually CrossFit gins up this um, right. this sort of uh, hype, and then they kind of release it. And, right. That's what I was thinking. It's like, their, why didn't they release? That's it? their. Uh, uh, way of doing it, right? yeah. And this was different, and so people were really caught off guard. They're like, "What's the morning chalk up doing?" Like, I mean, no Dropping offense, story, guys, yeah. you know. And we got that a lot. No offense, but why did they choose you to drop this story? And I'm like, right. "I don't know how to take that any other way." <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's it is you know right. it is what it is. But I think Greg too, from what I'm gathering, is like once he kind of decides he likes you or he believes in what you're doing, it's like it's legit you know yeah. I remember when he invited us on the show we we're like why is he inviting us? <laughs> like, but I think it's he sees heart and he sees passion yeah. and I think that's really important to him over anything else yeah. um I don't Claire and I just continue to get the vibe that he's not about the games he's about CrossFit yes. in the community that is true that's I mean he he has said that before if you go back and look at the CrossFit podcast yeah. episode that he was on uh, maybe a month oh it was a couple months ago it was right around regionals and yeah, he did, he articulates that very well, but he understands that the games plays a unique role in the CrossFit community, not only from an entertainment value, but a promotional and marketing mm-hmm. value. And and hopefully to a real monetary value too. He is still a business person and the games is a great experience. It's a great culmination of of this community of fitness. And it's putting it on display and it's also giving us an opportunity to test ourselves in a sport that we love. Um, mm-hmm. and that stuff I don't think he, I, I, I know he recognizes that and the value of that, but he also recognizes that, that CrossFit is still a business and that a million dollar event in Brazil to select two individual athletes and one team to go to the CrossFit Games is a lot of money. And he has to weigh that decision on a global scale. When you have more gyms outside of the United States, more affiliates outside of the United States than you have inside the United States, you have language and training that staff that are required, you have legal um, to be able to, to defend and protect affiliates abroad. And those price tags go up big time. Yeah. And you have to, if you want, and he wants 50,000 affiliates. He's thinking on a global scale. He's thinking, if I got 7,500 uh, affiliates in the United States of America in a population of 380 million people, what can I do in China where there's 1.5 billion? Yeah. What can I do in India where there's a billion? What can I do in Brazil where there's 1,100 gyms in, in uh, you know, uh, uh, the fastest growing and also the second largest affiliate home outside of the United States? And he's like, how do I involve companies like Javianas? Like, 
yeah. in Brazil? How do I how do I get them involved in this global fitness experience? So Greg's Greg's mind, everyone is thinking on this games plane. And Greg is like he's way like, he's past way that. Way past that. And he's saying we need to alter the games to fit this global vision of fitness. And we need to change it. And it's gonna be a tough pill to swallow, like for a lot of people. And me, even as a spectator, I go back and forth saying, oh man, sometimes it's gonna be tough. But he's prepared to make that choice. And he's made that choice. And he he knows what he wants from a global perspective. And I think I think he, he, he believes 100% this is gonna help achieve it. Yeah. It's exciting. I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. I think a lot of people are kind of like, oh my gosh, this is a huge change. What's going to happen in the games? And a lot of people that don't do CrossFit and, you know, some of the other fitness podcasts I listen to are like, CrossFit's going downhill. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is the end of the games. Yeah. They're yeah. like, this is the end of the games. And they that. saw like the, um, the, layoffs. the layoffs as a sign of like, oh, CrossFit's Financial her- hemorrhaging right. money and right. they need to cut people out. I'm like, right. actually. That's what it says from the outside. Absolutely. When you look at that and you say, well, 40 or 50 people, uh, uh, 40, 50 people laid off, you think money immediately, right? right? Because that's, that's not a, that's massive layoffs. And that's it's, massive layoffs. It's yeah. not. It's massive layoffs for any company, but when your game staff is probably less than a hundred, mm-hmm. it's massive. Yeah. Because you're talking about gutting um, what used to be core products developed by that staff. Because I mean, whole departments mm-hmm. shuttered. You know, yeah. they're all their photographers gone. Oh, everyone, right? Like all the media, they, right? Most of the videographers. You know, some of their key people. I, I and I don't have a full list of names, but most sure. of the key people are still. There, I think Tyson Oldroyd, um, you know Heber, Marston, um, Savon, you know, guys who have had a legacy impact on the video production and the storytelling aspect of CrossFit are there. And I don't know exactly how the, how their vision uh, or how their mission is changing or evolving, but I imagine you know there's still going to be an intricate role in, in, in doing that. Um, but yeah, a lot of their videographers are gone, you know, and in uh, graphic designers and stuff. So they've shuttered pretty much whole departments i think it was time for a change i'm just gonna <laughs> yeah, i think it was i think yeah. i mean they were starting to outgrow that media I think they had outgrown it a while ago yeah. yeah and now the people i mean i have no you know i don't know any of those people personally but i think the like the um, infrastructure that they were trying to work with always felt like it was pushed to the limit yeah of well, yeah their capabilities you know you have to give crossfit a lot of credit crossfit game staff a lot of credit um in the 12 years that they've been a games and right. they haven't really had a staff for 12 years but in the in the in less than a decade that they've had a staff a lot of these guys were interns who learned who volunteered and said really? yes yeah. and said they raised their hand and they're like uh i know a little bit about a camera right and uh, oh i know a little bit about social media and okay great you're gonna start posting you're gonna start running you're gonna work with this person who's gonna get you plugged into this page and then they built that into i mean there's three plus million fans on facebook for crossfit's page there's two point something million fans on crossfit games facebook page and and twitter and instagram etc and they've built that now into really a very impressive empire of, of content and uh, of really professional and so I have to give their staff a lot of credit for how quickly and also how untrained many of them were in their disciplines when they got into this and then they pushed themselves and evolved kind of like CrossFit you know we didn't know how to clean jerk at all but we kept trying it (laughs) and now we're we're halfway decent at it and they're getting you know and so they they really did teach themselves a lot as a company and it's a from a staff perspective they're a pretty young company 
we shall see everyone it's gonna be an interesting ride for the next couple of years to see how this changes i'm very curious very curious i i'm sure they know what they're doing they've been doing this for, they created this and they've been doing this for a long time especially with the games whatever they want so i i mean i do miss seeing pictures of like the days at the ranch where it was just like in dirt and seeing annie thor's daughter just right, a young like, pup oh so great yes i love those pictures <laughs> yeah. like her running shoes and her tight oh. her high socks and her oh, like, the high socks were thing so great. I don't know what they she were She posted for, a great Instagram actually a couple months ago of her like competing in high socks and she was like, for all you young pups in the sport, high socks used to be a thing. Can't wait for them to come back around. <laughs> <laughs> She'll probably still be competing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I mean, like she should bring them back. Annie, bring them back. <laughs> um, so let's shift, you. let's shift a little bit and talk about your business and I, you know, news thing, news stories come to you like out of the blue like this, but yeah. for the most part, what do you guys do every day to kind of like keep things churning? Let's take a big step back. Okay, big. And just talk about how the morning talk up came to be. Yeah. And what you know, and then you can kind of parlay that into what is your news cycle really? Sure, like. easy. Um, so I spent seven years in a career in politics. I lived in Washington D.C. Um, I worked two presidential campaigns. One was for Mitt Romney. Um, and then my last one was running digital content for Governor Walker's presidential campaign in Madison, Wisconsin. Wow. And um, he inevitably uh, dropped out of the race. And when that happened, you know, you, you're really out of a job. But, um, you know, talented folks always have another job to get picked up on another campaign. And I had some offers from other campaigns, but... I was at this crossroads and I just said, look, is this something I want to keep doing or not? I've given seven straight years to this and really dove headfirst into it. And I've worked my butt off for the lot, for the better part of a decade. Wait, do you want to be on like the campaign cycle forever? Do I want to keep doing that? Yeah. Do I want to go back to DC? Do I want to stay in, 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 do I want to go back to Congress? Do I want to go on another campaign? I don't know. So I took a two month sabbatical. I worked in, uh, on a farm for a while in Italy and then I traveled around. That sounds awesome. Yes, it was awesome. <laughs> How did you get that set up? Uh, a website called Workaway. And you, you can exchange, writing that down. Yeah, you can exchange uh, work for accommodation, food and food and lodging, um, in places all around the world. So I looked at some different places. Italy, I, I settled on, and I did that until December twenty third of two thousand fifteen. From October twenty sixth to December twenty third, came home for Christmas and decided I was going to stay and uh, start my own thing. Which started as me doing graphic design, which is a skill that I picked up for d during those years and mm -hmm. provided that for some clients. And then I was simultaneously inspired to take the digital skills that I had from communications and from press and media and apply that to um, a newsletter. So here, fast forward to first announcement of the 2016 CrossFit Open Thursday night. So you'd been doing CrossFit where you, you were oh, in yeah, the CrossFit I'd, world. I've been doing CrossFit in affiliate since 2012. Okay, got it. And um, on, on my own in the House of Representatives gym <laughs> from end of 2010, <laughs> which was weird looking. <laughs> what was it like doing it, just working in politics? Uh, What's it like on the inside? So you, you walked in at our happy hour and I'm like gunning on my computer. That's what it's like. You know, all the time. On, all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's, a, that's something that's even hard for me to, to unlearn. Because yeah. it's my personality is is on. You're going. I'm going, and my brain is always focused and thinking, and I'm finding opportunity and and stories in every environment mm -hmm. that I come across, and that's unique, and it's 
yields itself to be beneficial to this kind of job. So imagine that it's very cutthroat, and also imagine that um, if you're not willing to do the hard work, there are 500 people behind you. 500 people applied for my job, my first job, my my step in the door, $26,000 a year job, uh, and that's the reality. And that's they and these are top of their class, type A, smart people. And you are working around some of the smartest people in the so world. So to be in that environment, you're like. This is gold. This is, I mean, you're like, whoa. And you, you literally, there will always be somebody in the room that's smarter than you. Mm-hmm. So don't try and be the smartest person, but try and be the smartest person because you need to learn and adapt quickly and develop skills and push yourself um, constantly. Um, you know, if you want to be a top, if you want to be a top uh, political operative, if you, if you just want to be an okay political operative, you can, you can do that too. Well, how do you deal with the stress of that environment? Like that Drink sounds exhausting. Drink a lot. <laughs> There's I mean, that's not healthy. No, no, it's not healthy. Um, <laughs> a lot of pizza and a lot of booze. You de-stress by yeah. drinking and hanging out and just... And that's just the culture. That's a culture. You know, it's like a high booze, substance abuse type culture. And you, we're doing it socially. Like, we're not just going to a dark corner with a glass right. of whiskey. Like, we're all, like, going out to happy hours. We're having beers and we're having too many because we are... We you are gotta burn off steam, and, and everyone's like, everyone's equally burnt. Well, everyone's equally burnt, and weeks on the shortest week is a forty-five hour week. The longest week is well over a hundred, and that could be seven days. It could be like, you know, office opens at like eight thirty in the morning, but like I start getting emails like six thirty yeah. or seven, and we're responding to them, and like, you know we're making plans and we're writing things and then we're on into the office and then from the office we're running until six and then from six we're at happy hour to like nine and but we're working and responding emails or something happens some crisis some pressure and then everyone's got to scatter and uh, you know that person's gone and yeah. it's just kind of an all encompassing constantly life-consuming effort so then you lived on a farm then i lived on a farm in Italy, and I that must have been just chickens. like a huge right turn, though. Oh, it's a huge. Because right you're turn. like, okay, I'm stopping this pace, and I'm just gonna go live on a farm with chickens and work. Yeah, um, you know, it, the tug out of that environment happens for everybody differently, and for me, it kind of happened real fast. When I was done, I was like, I don't mm-hmm. know if I want to keep doing this. I love what I do. I love the digital and the comms and social and bringing this all together and um, reaching, you know, then reaching tens of thousands of people at a time, hundreds of thousands of people through messages that we were communicating. But um, I loved that, but I wanted to do it in an environment where I could foster it for years, which is a difference because campaigns end and then they pick back up again later on, but you're not able to nurture that over time. And I wanted to grow something that was like, oh, we're going to take that and we're going to make it big and we're going to change it and we're going to adjust it. And I also wanted to run it. I wanted to be in full control because I believed that I could, I could make it. I could make it work. I could make it successful. And I believed in myself enough to do that. And I wanted not to test myself. I wanted the, not luxury, but the freedom to be able to make my own decisions and run a company in the ground if I made the wrong ones mm-hmm. or, or, or straight up into the sky if I made mm-hmm. the right ones or, or somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. So I come home for Christmas and uh, so I'm living in my parents' house, uh, save money, naturally, because I'm out of a job. <laughs> I blew all my money on a farm <laughs> in Italy. But it was worth your it sanity. Was worth, it was worth 100%. And then 
Uh, we're the first announcement of the 2016 CrossFit Open on Thursday evening uh, when Dave is making his announcement. And um, I started putting it together. And 24 hours later, I sent the first one out on a Saturday. I scraped a bunch of email addresses uh, through various contacts and on websites and put together. How many people did your first one go out to? I don't know. I, I, 50 people. Nice. You know, and yeah, it's a good list. It's a good list. It's a cute good start. list. Why not? It's, it's nice. cute. It's a cute list. You know, it's like a hope and a prayer kind of a list. Totally. You know, and, and I committed to doing it for months and I did it seven days a week. And then I, I, I realized that I needed to do it only in five days a week. And, mm-hmm. and so I ratcheted that back and it wasn't really growing that much. I mean, we might have had 250 readers at the time and it was kind of a poor product too. It wasn't totally well thought out. Um, but with digital, the great thing is you can change it quickly. Yeah. You can change it on a day's notice and, and totally revamp it. And so I just kind of said, okay, here's a solution to this. Here's a solution to this. And then I came back to those things and we're like, now we improve it. Now we improve it. Now we improve it. And then by the time I got to the games for 2016, we had 2,000 readers. Wow. 2,000 readers. So from the open to the games, we grew to 2,000 readers. And then from... From the 2016 Open to the 2000, 2016 Games to the 2017 Games, we grew from 2,000 to 20,000. Wow. And then from the 2017 Games to this 2018 Games, we grew from 20,000 to 50,000. That's crazy. And now we're over 50,000 since the Games just happened. And we're well on our way to 60,000, and we'll grow to 60-plus thousand by the end of the year. And by next year's Games, we'll be close to 100,000. Did you go into this with a goal of like, by this time I want to be at this number? Close, kind of. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what to expect. So in, there are 100 million voters in America. So, you know, there are X amount of people living in Wisconsin. Right. So you kind of have, you have, the, you have numbers and benchmark. You can, you know, reasonably speaking, there's only like, you know, X amount of registered Republicans in this state. So you can benchmark your performance based on, you know, percentage some numbers. Yeah. Where CrossFit, it's a little more obscure. So totally. it's hard. It was hard at the beginning to determine how many real CrossFitters were out there that would be interested in the product. So at the beginning, it was just trying to achieve a critical mass, right? Like a critical mass to say, okay, we see momentum and try and get momentum to move forward and to grow and everything like that while learning some new things and learning some skills and adjusting the platform. So once I got to like the games, then it was one that was, I'd only been in it for like six months. Right. And... That's when I met Greg for the second time, actually. But he knew who I was at that point, Morning Chalk, because a lot of CrossFitters had read it. And so um, it was at that stage that I started putting real figures there. Being like, okay, we want 5,000 by this mm-hmm. date. We want 10,000 by this date. And work hard towards achieving it. And when anybody asked me about, oh, like, how did you get to 10,000? It was like, so I wrote the number down and I figured out a plan and I worked backwards and t- to achieve it. And that mm-hmm. means, you know, 10,000, you're not going to get it by accident. You might over time, but... Like, but intentionally, you know, you need to reach, you know, 20 new people a day or something. And you got to break that down and realize what's it going to cost to achieve that? What kind of efforts are you going to have to put in to achieve that? And so then it became more serious. We weren't making any money. We were spending money. Not a lot, actually, because email's pretty right, inexpensive. Right, right. At that level, it's really <laughs> inexpensive. Now at our level, it costs a lot more money. That was like $10,000 a year just to send emails. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and even still, like, for a product, a daily product, right. that's still a pretty cheap yeah, like, yeah, overhead. Yeah, yeah, It's very cheap overhead. Yeah. If you run smartly, you can you can do this very efficiently, and we, we do. We we always, we haven't funded, I have not funded the company since last year at Regionals when we had, like, negative $800. <laughs> wow. 
that's fine. That's not that bad though. Again, it's like, you know, you think about it in like the, in the scope of like a general digital startup, like that's. No. Yeah. We only, really well. we only go over Drew once yeah. by that's nearly a grand. That's fine. But you know, that was our average, that was a Facebook advertising bill that came in. I was like, oh boy, oh, crap. we need to sell some sponsorships. Freaking guys. Facebook. <laughs> so yeah, it was intentional. You yeah. know, and I tell that to everybody is that be intentional with the goals that you're creating. Like, you don't squat 350 on accident. Right. You know, if you're at 275 and you want to get to 350 or if you're at 125 and you want to get to 185, like, you got to realize that, you know, you have to make measurable progress towards that goal consistently. Right. Again, it's like if you have five or six years to spend on it, then, yeah, you might eventually sort of get there just by your... Might or pure, you might not. Right. But if you really want to get there, you have to set. Yeah, you have to plan, set yeah. those measurable goals. And I mean, Jason Kleep is going to come out with a book in in um, a couple of weeks called Amrap Mentality. Um, and it may come out by the time this episode airs. So, um, and he talks a lot about that, how he t- applied that CrossFit mentality to business. And he's mm-hmm. he has his podcast Amrap or Amrap Mentality, and, and he talks a lot about about that. And that you know is the same mentality. It's saying, look, you want to achieve something somewhere. How do you go about setting a plan? It's going to get you there. And you have to be pretty honest with yourself about whether it's achievable. Because once you realize, you know, it's like we grow at like almost 100 years a day. But like like two years ago, if I was like, you you know, if somebody was like, hey, Justin, you need to grow at 100 years a day. I'd be like, okay, we're done. Right. I yeah. Think, yeah. <laughs> that's, on not day one, that's, that's not happening. You're like, my list, I know 50 people who want I know, to read I know yeah. 50 people. I, have I maybe, stole their emails, actually. I stole their, I really <laughs> Half these violated my, spam laws. Yeah. Half these and, people are my mom's second email address. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm opening them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to boost the My open, open rate. rate is amazing. Oh, our open rate was terrible at the beginning, but yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just you all every time. <laughs> it was just me. I open our, like, we I, we have a newsletter, and I, like, I always make sure I open it. I'm like, got to get that open. Yeah, you <laughs> like, got to do it. It's me, but. It's me. <laughs> you know, it's true. It's true. Unsubscribe yourself. It'll yeah, lower your stress level. <laughs> um, okay, so when it comes to the type of information that you're getting, the types of yeah, stories, stories that you get. Yeah. How do you, how do those come into you? So again, you know, understanding the method and the madness. Um, when I hired Jessica, she um, was probably blown away by how I think, because I'm really like, my brain is like spongy kind of thing where I mm-hmm. soak up everything from every conversation. And sometimes it comes back to me and I take meticulous notes and reference them back again. And so, Really, you have to be somebody that is always listening and always thinking about what makes a good story. You should also pay really close attention to who reads and listens to your stories. And so I was actually having a conversation with Kalipa in the parking lot of a, like, a grocery store parking lot while he was waiting to give blood at a, at a Stanford mobile blood unit. And he was like, you need to stop focusing on the game stuff and this insider stuff. You need to focus on the community of CrossFit because that's where all the people are. And I, I was like, okay, you know, I started it because I came from an insider's arena politics. Right, totally. So I was like, okay, we want to do all the insider information. Like that's where I'm good at. Like that's where my head is, you know, inside baseball games level stuff. And I was like, and you you're know, talking about like the things that people don't see or hear, right? Like right, in the professional right. world, intrigue, you know, palace yeah. intrigue, I call it. Um, what do you call it? Palace intrigue. Okay, yeah. You know, it's like, like the Kardashians, called? basically. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and stuff. And it's less gossipy, just more like what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, business related people stuff. People want to know. People want to know. It's really interesting. But yeah, it's like we're, we're the fly on the wall and people are voyeuristic. Yes, they are. Yes. But uh-huh. I think that's a good point of like, there's there's probably only so much behind the scenes that's actually interesting Not just to content, there, yeah. but just interest. And right. so 
I thought about it for a while and I made this shift towards affiliates and community focus and the content really shifted after that. And so once I did that and made that decision and, and readers began to see more of that content, mm-hmm. they started coming to us. And we have a tips at morningchalkup.com where we ask everybody to send us an email about something because literally there's so much going on. 7,500 affiliates in America and then another 7,500 affiliates worldwide. Like There are stories that are impacting lives, mm-hmm. people, health, and communities in 162 countries in in uh, the world. And so I set up this inbox to be able to collect stories. Mm-hmm. People send, you know, send us your tips, send us your things. And then I, I, that's where the events came from because so many people were sending events. It's like, well, we should just include an event calendar. And then we started getting lots of events. And now we probably showcase and share several hundred local community events alongside big level CrossFit regional open right. games and now soon to be sanctioned events type events because I identified that there's no way to Google CrossFit events in my area. Totally. CrossFit Right, there's not. Area. And I always look at them because I'm like, ooh, is there anything around me? Is there me? anything around me? And yeah. we want to eventually take that to a, to a better, more sophisticated level. But that was the point. It was like, okay, how do we, how do we find a need that we can fill? It wasn't how do we get more clicks? It's not mm-hmm. how do we drive more people to our website? It's not how do we get them to share things? Though those are important things, it was how do we fill a need? So it's like, well, if we share more local events, then people can come to us to look for local events. Great. Mm-hmm. We've done something that's good and valuable. How do we tell more people about what's going on at CrossFit Affiliates from a health, community, wellness, and story standpoint, both good and bad? Oh, we can do it by contacting more affiliates and getting involved with them. And now we've fulfilled a new need. You know, we've, 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 we've answered questions that people have and we're doing something that's different. Don't do what CrossFit's doing. Don't do what other news store places are doing. Try and carve out your niche mm-hmm. and, and say, well, look, if you want to read about what's going on in the CrossFit community, you want to really know what's going on in the CrossFit community, the community itself, both games level community, both affiliate level community, inside baseball community, go to the morning chalk up. And we're answering those questions. We try to be a place where people can go to get answers for questions and basic questions or, you know, complex questions too. And so we want to explore lots of ideas. And then it was like food. Well, people, you know, want recipes to share. So we include a little section on recipes Mm -hmm. and stuff. And we, you know, adapted and evolved that over time. And I think we've done it smartly because we keep, people keep coming back. And our open rate is 36% on average for a daily newsletter, which is... You know, 36% is great even on its own, but like to produce that much content and people still wanting to read it is like encouraging and we know that. So stories just come from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And now that we have uh, a lot more trust and we also have a larger network of individuals yeah. that know us both personally and impersonally just through the internet and through emailing us, people want to see stories pop up about their gyms in the morning chalk up. And so that sort of creates this cascading effect where we're getting more emails and we're getting more things. We're getting, and we get like four or five emails a day. Well, we get way more than that, but four or five emails a day about like actual stories we should be writing. Like somebody who, you know, rides their bike from one state to another state, right. you know, to re- raise money. Yeah, for I this. just climbed Mount Everest and raised this much money yeah, or whatever. Yeah. You know, uh, you, know <laughs> you know, sort of thing. Like we get a lot of those stories now and we get tons of them. We actually can't write all of them. Totally. Now it's not because we can't write all of them. It's because the news would be too long. Right. You know, and, and people, the whole point is to like snapshot, yeah, look at five, it. Five, 10 minutes, read max. Yeah. And that's what it is. And we maintain that, that 
that um, consciousness of time. People are reading this in the morning and they're not just going to sit down like an afternoon, like Sunday paper and digest, you know, all this stuff. Yeah, they're going to see the parts that they're like interested in and they're going to scroll on to the other things. And they're totally. Great. Yeah. You know, and that's how people read it and we think it's great. Um, so story development has changed over the course, but really maintaining and developing trust with the community and then getting more people in the community involved has allowed us to hear more. And now we're able to select better and better and higher quality stories that we wouldn't have heard of otherwise. Do you call yourself a journalist? A little bit. Okay. Like, what would you say? Like, I mean, I know you're the now creator, the, I, but is like overall, would your job be if you journalism? Had, like, yeah. Journalism. Okay. Click, click from a drop down menu yeah. on like a job application. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd be a journalist. So my question around just being a journalist yeah. is. Um, how do you? How far do you have to go to like confirm a story yeah, or to? Great yeah, great question. So, this um, your basic journalistic practices are there's tiers of confirmation. So, for instance, if Greg Glassman tells me something, he's tier one. You know, he is. Uh, I don't need a second confirmation to to confirm. You know, it'd be like talking with me. I'm the owner of the company. I can I can tell you something with full authority mm-hmm. that it, and and the reporter can take that as true and accurate. Um, if so, for instance, um, during the story we published about individuals getting let go, that is much more challenging. So, for instance, you know, you hear a rumor and the rumors from somebody who heard it from somebody. Well, then you need to go talk to the somebody first. Mm-hmm. And now that somebody may not be a somebody that knows. So then you have to talk to a somebody that maybe was let go. Now, one person who was let go might have heard one thing and one person who was let go might have heard another thing. So you really have to talk your minimum is two sources have to confirm a piece of hard evidence for you before before you're actually allowed to publish something now you don't you can make your own rules but if you're going to call yourself a journalist and you're going to abide by that standard mm-hmm. that's the standard you have to two two independent confirmations and usually you want those confirmed on the record most people don't want to do that so in which case you should probably do three or four to be safe yeah because which if you, you want to be credible there's probably credible, plenty of people who do it without right. you can do it however you want you can do it like i said you can do it however yeah. you want if you're going to call yourself a journalist you should you should hold yourself to that standard which is you have a job a role and a responsibility to make sure you publish credible information that has been vetted to the extent that's possible and when i say the extent that's possible it's that sometimes there are deadlines for things and so for instance the story might be so massive that um and impactful and significant that you can't and you can't get somebody on the phone that matters for that story and then you note it but that you could follow up with an update if it was if if not if it was inaccurate but that if there was something that was missed you know a new development essentially in the story Mm -hmm. so you know you have you really have to uh uh be a pretty honest broker of information you have to be willing to be patient and developing sources that are willing to talk and willing to trust you that they can talk off the record or on background or on the record uh, is important. And the reason why um, I've been able to do it is because my experience in politics, talking on and off and on background with major news outlets and organizations who understand that, who know that, and working working with reporters and developing a relationship with reporters on the other side, gave me a first-hand experience in that, which um, a lot of people don't have that weren't journalists, that didn't work for a newspaper, didn't work for CNN, ABC News, Fox, whatever, Mm -hmm. that never, never saw that. And so that was my life for seven years, which is seeing that firsthand, taking my boss to an interview, you know, for a a TV hit, you know, on a, a, you know, on a CNN show, 
um, you know, and stuff like that, and seeing what's going on behind the scenes uh, allowed me to get a firsthand understanding of that. And so we hold pretty, especially with the CrossFit-related stuff, anything related to CrossFit HQ and, and stuff, and, and anything related to a negative story, right. like where, where something is happening at an affiliate or a gym, you know, we do our best effort. Like to, all the fucking cameras, the cameras in the bathrooms, the like where's that coming from? Are there, are there probably people at the gym are contacting you or like some, a lot of times it's local stories because what happens is, you know, um, so, you know, f- something like that, which is, you know, just to give people a yeah, background a is like lo- yeah. hidden cameras hidden, in like the female bathrooms. Have been, been posted in females or unisex bathrooms, you know, in three separate gyms across the United States. Uh, right now so far and uh, the all three individuals who've done that have been caught and confessed or or uh, determined guilt of and it's a really unfortunate story and it's really um, a story that we never wanted to write but felt a, a unique responsibility to write because of how many affiliates read us one third of all affiliates in the world read us and so they need to know that this is a thing like a thing that I never even thought was going to no, be a thing, right. ah. you know, and like you're one like, of those things where you're like a total what? invasion of privacy yes. is just a total, I mean, absolutely. It's a, it's a very bad, it's a huge crime. Like oh, this is, this is, this so is bad. prison sentence level crime. Yeah. And so, but affiliates need to know, coaches need to know what to look out for and know that that's a thing. And so that's a negative story. It's just something you really just don't want to have to write, Yeah. you know, um, with stories like that, you know, you just have to be, you have to know why. You're gonna write it, yeah. right? You know we're not there to make gyms look bad. No, but right, yeah. Sorry, man. It's it's just a really crappy thing. Yeah. You know, you just don't want to have to write it, and yeah. you don't. Want, but it, it it happens. It's gonna. It comes with the territory. Yeah. What are the stories you really like to write? I love where you're just tap tap tapping away. <laughs> <laughs> I love insider stories, and I love palace intrigue stories because it requires piecing together like a lot of really intricate information those don't come very often sure they come really really infrequently so what i what i really just like is like writing like positive happy stories Mm -hmm. and i I write them and they're great yeah and they're great to read and they're great to write and they're fun to write and they're fun to interview and i love people that take i love writing stories about people that take initiative in changing something that they see is wrong or that can be better you know, not everything has changed is wrong, but they just are out there saying, look, I think that we can make an impact and we can make a change mm-hmm. in something by doing um, good. And, you know, that that's that's the CrossFit community at its heart. Yeah. So maybe this can kind of be our, be our wrap-up question. As somebody who very much has their finger on the pulse of what's going on in affiliates, the stories that come up, where do you think CrossFit is going in the next maybe five to seven years? Ooh, CrossFit, like, uh, like, I mean, like in the gym, like the CrossFit the affiliate, like if I'm going to walk into an affiliate today versus I'm going to walk into affiliate in 2025, what's, what's the biggest difference I'm going to see between now and then? I think I'm actually have to answer the question by saying, I don't know if there will be a massive difference Okay. because I look back at the affiliate when I joined it five, more than five years ago, just a mm-hmm. little more than five years ago, my first affiliate in, in Washington, DC. And they're still doing the same things. Their focus is still on those same things. I think that because gyms are, many of these gyms were started by first-time business owners. Mm-hmm. I think they're refining how they're doing business and they're finding new opportunities. And that's where I see the biggest change is that now we have 
legends or masters classes mm-hmm. that are bringing in older constitu- older athletes. Constitu- I know, sorry. It's a, it's a, <laughs> Can't help it. Can't I say help voters it. when I mean readers. And <laughs> I say constituents when I mean athletes clients, or members right. or clients. So you're, you're seeing in CrossFit Kids is, is another avenue where I'm seeing gyms constantly expanding. I, I rarely ever saw that. And now I see that all the time. And I'm seeing, you know, uh, post and pre-partum moms classes that are held at a time that's more convenient for them sometimes even with a daycare component mm-hmm. and i'm seeing these gyms expanding that but the core mission and how they take their classes and how they treat their members as family as a community is still so much the mm-hmm. same as when, as when i first experienced it but i am noticing that not just from a business perspective but also from a we need to take different tactics to engage right how do we bring different in different types different of types of people because greg talks about this before he's like you know you he talks about the like the, the the evolution of the gym right so you know generally speaking the person that opens it up is a pretty fit individual yeah. you know who's probably one of the fittest at their gym right now and then they go and they open an affiliate. They get their L1 and they open their affiliate. Or they've been coaching and they open their affiliate. And then they get their 20, 30 buddies who are also pretty darn fit to come and join the gym. And, you know, then they bring some of their friends. And then you're at 50, right? Mm-hmm. But to get to 350 or 150, you're now going to have to go to the non-sexier elements, the not fit individuals, the ones who really need help and they really need a plan and they really need a coach to help them get there for their health goals and for their fitness goals. And so how do you smartly engage that? Like if you take an individual who's athletic with an athletic background and you're like, yeah, we can make you even more fit. It's a great, fantastic. It's a little bit of an easy sell. They're running, they're working out. Right. They no, want to push themselves Whether harder. they're in your gym or somewhere else, they're going to be getting that fitness. They're getting that fitness. In. Yeah. And so it's, it's what we're, these engaging these other pockets of individuals is where I see a lot of where CrossFit HQ is is leading by example. Mm-hmm. They're trying to say how you become a world class gym is you go and engage these other athletes that are not atypical CrossFitters. Yeah. They are individuals who 100% can be benefited by CrossFit, and um, you need to now find ways of doing that so i'm seeing i just see a lot of gyms there's a lot of gyms that have been highlighted on crossfit's page and that we've seen in stories that are developing masters or legends classes sometimes they call it like i said pre and post part of moms sometimes with daycare at a time that's convenient yeah. for them to be able to go in and get fitness where they say well 9 a.m class doesn't work well because i'm dropping off my kids and 6 a.m doesn't work well because i'm I've getting my kids up yeah. you know and, and but <laughs> but to feed my children but right. the 11 a.m class is great or something because or or the, right. or the 1 p.m. class is great because they've just picked them up and now there's daycare and we can do that and I can get my fitness in and yeah. I can still, you know, um, I can still stay on track. And so I see a lot more gyms focusing on, we're not trying to train regionals athletes. Right. Yeah. We're trying to train life athletes yeah. and, and, and doing that. And so I do see, I do think in five years you will see, a, I, I, I hope and I believe that you will see uh, a wider variety of age groups in mm-hmm. the class where it's not like I'm always the oldest person in the class and right. I'm 55. Like it's like one, oh, there's old, like yeah. one, there's like four people in the age group of 50. There's two people in the age group of 60. There's 10 people in the age group of, of 40. 
you know, and then there's right. there's ten people in the age group of thirty. Right. Yeah. There's, but it's not just like a bunch of fit twenty eight year olds. Yeah, it's who not are like, like a yeah. Exactly. If they weren't here, they'd be out chill running. Right. Right. Exactly. And I, I do I do think that we'll get we're going to get more and more there. And I, I think that that's what Greg really wants to see in his gyms all across yeah. the world. Yeah, I agree. All right, we got to wrap up, but I really want to know in thirty seconds or less um, <laughs> your CrossFit testimonial. Like, how did you? start CrossFit? Easy question. 2006, I was at Biola University. My buddy, uh, Matt Banwart, who owns Red Wolf CrossFit, discovered this CrossFit thing online. He introduced me. Uh, I was in pain. I was like, that's for you, buddy. I'll keep, I'll stay to the gym. <laughs> I moved to Washington, D.C. after I graduated from college. It was about 2010. I saw him going to regionals uh, and posting some photos and videos. And I was like, man, this guy's killing it. He's looking good. It looks fun and cool. So I started doing it in the gym of the House of Representatives underground. And, uh, <laughs> I love that. And it looked weird. I think yours is my favorite. <laughs> it looked weird. It looked funny. You know, it, it, doing Helen on a treadmill has never been cool, Ugh, especially no. when everybody else is looking at you and you're doing burpees in the corner and all that kind of fun stuff and kipping pull-ups. And like, that guy's having a seizure on the bar. <laughs> yeah. What is that? What it's is that? It's not that, like, pull-up. Like yeah. plyo machine, yes, more like the, the sort of thing. Yes, 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 like with the weights, flex, with, with the like weights. The, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, from there, I um, I joined an affiliate. Once, one, I was in a really busy um, uh, campaign cycle, and I knew as soon as that wrapped up, three days after it wrapped up in 2012, I uh, joined District CrossFit and never looked back. And here you are, here you are. doing right, doing the, the thing best? all day, every day. Where's the best place for people to find you? Oh, morningchalkup.com. Uh, you can sign up for the newsletters. There's a fancy little box up there at the top. Uh, if, you, if email's not your thing, uh, you could probably check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash morningchalkup, and uh, chances are you're going to find a story that you like. What are you enjoying about camp so far? Peace, quiet. Peace and quiet. No it's internet. so nice. You know, no internet. It's so nice. It, we don't have any anything. We are unplugged. Unplugged. Yeah. Like stuff could be going on right now in the world that's like serious and a little bit of me is twitching. Like, <laughs> like my caffeine leg is going a little bit. <laughs> But, like, but, at the end of the, but at the end of the day, you know, you have to reset and rebalance. Like yeah. 365 days a year, my brain is on. So right. let's take two yeah. and I take, turn it off a little bit. Well, I'm, we feel honored that you're doing it here. Much. It's a wonderful place. Thank what you, Justin. To be doing it. So yeah, up in nature, which is kind of my reprieve, if you will. You know, when you're climbing mountains, which I love to do, that's my, that's my hobby. Mm -hmm. You can't really... Uh, you know, check your internet. Yeah, you can't really be worried about the 24-hour <laughs> crossing exactly, cycle. Exactly, exactly, which is why I have some great people that are um, able to execute when I'm totally MIA on a mountain. <laughs> cool. All right, well, we're going to go enjoy some nature. Thank you, Justin. Thank you very much, ladies. <laughs>